This is News from the Peak. I'm Joe Mamlin. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about digital marketing. Well, if you're like me, it's kind of interesting to think about marketing at all when it comes to human services. But really, when you look at our programs and child support in particular, one of the biggest challenges we have is letting people know that we're out there. And of course, the world is more connected than ever. And it presents a great opportunity to share and to help people But there's also so much information that we're confronted with on a daily basis that it's very hard to sift through and find what you really need. Well, for the past couple years, we've been working with Mary Ellen Keeley from the Virginia Child Support Agency on a grant to examine various digital marketing techniques with the goal of increasing applications and participation in the child support program. Through the use of targeted advertising, some revisions to the current child support online resources, and a lot of creativity, we have been able to help point people in the right direction when they need help with their child support case or when they need to establish a child support case. Well, today on the show, Maureen Life and David Ram talk with Mary Ellen about the grant program, about how it's changed and will continue to change how we provide services and what she sees for the future of the program overall. It's gonna be a really great show, so stay with us. And we'll be right back. I'm so excited that you could be on our podcast today. Um, So we're living through COVID. We're, you know, doing this grant through a pandemic. You know, we had to be a little bit adaptable and flexible in how we're planning and executing the grant. I'm just, you know, curious from your standpoint, how is work going and and how it has COVID kind of impacted you um, in the agency? Certainly. Uh, For me personally, I spent a lot of time teleworking already. So I was prepared, had an office set up. Um, A lot of the teams that I work on projects with are remote. So we were already set as far as that is concerned. Um, And luckily, Virginia Child Support was working towards everyone being able to telework anyway. So we just sped that process up. And and now everyone is is able to work from home smoothly and and safely. And have you learned anything through all of this that has been insightful? I would love to say that I figured out the work-life balance, 
Um, but basically what happens is that work and home are the same place now. And so there's just really more work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But speaking of work, uh, well, I mean, one of your projects, right, is on digital marketing. That's our big focus here today. And I guess um, before we get into the specifics of it, I think it's probably good to uh, understand what all we're talking about when we talk about digital marketing. Sure. Well, when I try to explain this project to a lay person, um, you usually have to start with what is digital marketing. Um, and I explain it in terms that it's anything that is not not paper, anything that is not a, a traditional marketing. So no, no flyers or handouts or billboards, um, any, anything that can be transmitted digitally, which works really well in this environment since we are all working remotely and everything has become digital. Um, for our specific project, we kind of ran the gamut of all of the different digital marketing uh, platforms. I'm interested, um... There are a lot of different grant opportunities. Um, why this one? What was what drove the decision to apply for this grant, Mary Ellen? Really, it was that uh, Virginia wanted to um, to explore the the possibility of utilizing digital marketing, um, and the the grant provides this opportunity for us to have some some dollars to try to figure out what works what makes sense for our organization as opposed to any other sort of business um, and so the grant has given us the opportunity to test and try things and see what works and what doesn't and we're you know and what we're learning what works and what doesn't and have there been any surprises or was were there outcomes that you thought you know we would see and we haven't or vice versa well, I think for me, I came in into this without a lot of experience about marketing in general. Um, and so I've learned a lot about um, marketing and the psychology behind it, along with use, utilizing these, these digital platforms. Um, so I came into it with what I, I knew about being marketed to, as opposed to being the marketer. Um, and so just kind of trusted my intuition um, and the team's uh, background knowledge as far as what would be, what would, what would work and what hasn't. Um, I think probably the biggest takeaway for me has been the somewhat frightening tools that Google has available um, <laughs> to, to track things about us. Super helpful from the marketing perspective, but from a personal perspective, there are definitely times where I want to put on a tin hat and go live in the woods. <laughs> Well, and when I, when I get excited about this great, and I have to admit, I, this has been an area that I've been really excited about. And as Facebook was coming on, I did some training and it was m more about how to investigate people using social media. And what I love is that child support program has been adaptable and child support, you know, folks for a government agency want to, to work with parents and do, you know, so it's like using social media for good and not evil <laughs> purposes. And so, um, you know, what I love about the Virginia team is that this is really about serving parents and, and finding parents and letting them know about the program. Um, are, do you think that we're being successful in finding those parents that, that may need our services but don't know about it? I do. I think to go along with what you just said, we're part of what we've discovered is that we're meeting people where they are. You know, people are not reading the newspaper. 
Um, there, we're not sending out flyers in the mail, but everyone is online utilizing social media to keep in touch with their friends, to find out what's going on in their community. And it just makes sense that we as a human services organization would be there uh, to meet their needs and answer their questions. I think one of the things that's interesting about, especially like kind of meeting people's needs and meeting them where they are is, um, we hadn't talked about yet, is just the whole structure of this grant and how the program works. Because I think that that uh, probably feeds into a lot of the overall decisions and outcomes and things like that. Would you be willing to kind of explain the overall structure to people who aren't familiar with the grant? Certainly. So it was a three cycle grant, um, learn and innovate. So we laid out a pretty ambitious plan um, for our project. And basically each cycle, in between each cycle, there's an evaluation and planning uh, for the next cycle. So the first cycle of our grant, we looked at um, Google display and search ads. Um, we spent a lot of time and energy investing in the language that we were going to use, the images that we were going to share, um, and then put some dollars behind those advertisements to determine what we would um, what we would find on the other side. Um, our second cycle, which included launching platforms on social media. So when I say social media for us, that meant um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we had organic and paid ads during that time frame. Um, and so we took what we learned from cycle one and applied it to cycle two. Um, and now we are in the third and final cycle. And um, we have taken what we learned from both cycle one and cycle two and are working on social media platforms, um, also on the Google search and display. And then have added an additional social to social media platforms of Snapchat for paid ads um, and then LinkedIn for both organic and um, paid advertisements. And what kind of things have you learned so far, would you say? What are some of the highlights of uh, things as they stand now? Well, one of the things, at least from cycle one, that surprised me was that um, so display ads are ads that you see on the side of the page with a picture. Um, search ads are what are going to come up when you type in the text, you know, looking for child support. Um, and I was very surprised that people were more receptive to our search ads than they were to our display ads. Um, I know for myself, when, I, when I'm served those different types of ads, I'm more likely to click on the picture than I am on, on the search piece. So that was really interesting about our, our client base. Um, as far as social media is concerned, and we may go deeper into this later, um, probably I want to try to remain as positive as possible, but you have to consider from the child support perspective, people don't really like us. <laughs> um, and I was really hoping that we would learn that people didn't dislike us as much as I thought they did, but I was wrong. Um, but it, it really is a good place for us to be able to um, to educate people. You know, there's lots of information out there that is completely incorrect about who we are and what we do. And so the, the questions, concerns, comments, complaints, whatever words you want to use on social media, um, it has been a platform for us to be able to kind of turn that narrative around and explain why we do what we do. Well, and I like that a lot because it feels to me like if 
people are upset with us and we don't respond and we kind of hide out, so to speak, online, um, then we're, we probably are doing something wrong. So to me, I kind of like the approach that, you know, let us, let us address your questions, call us, you know, the way that you've handled that. And I do feel like a lot of states are leery about taking on social media for that exact reason. And I don't know if, if I were a state that was leery to do that because I was afraid people would complain, what would you tell me? <laughs> well, I think we did a lot of research before we launched these platforms. We talked to people who were doing it and we asked those same questions. And I think the first thing I would say is that people are going to complain you know, and to be prepared for that, to have a well-trained staff who understands um, what should be responded to and what shouldn't be, what kind of tone you should be using when you are interacting with people online, um, the time frames. just, it, it really comes back to having an expert, a social media expert, either existing or trained one to be able to manage those platforms for you because it's not, it's very different than anything any other way that we're using to communicate with our customers. And so we need to, we need to be prepared to be able to do that. One question kind of while we're talking about that overall, a uh, little bit, you know, the potential wariness people might feel approaching social media as a child support or another human service program. Um, you know, another part of it is you've got, you've got kind of two sides to this. You've got the organic social media that a lot of people have that, you know, people have as individuals uh, and you've got a paid side. Um, that businesses use and, and things like that. Um, if what about the paid side and the investment of that? What's your what's your sense of how that's doing in terms of return on investment or just kind of overall worthwhileness? Somewhat less technical term for for spending some money on on uh, digital marketing. So obviously when you, you put dollars behind the ads, your reach is gonna go further than our organic content. Um, the jury's still out. Um, I can't wait until results of the grant are complete for us to be able to say for sure. But our initial findings are that it, it does make sense to put some money behind advertisements. Um, what we discovered on the social media platforms is that adding more money doesn't necessarily mean that your ads reach more people or that the content is better. Um, so it's about finding that sweet spot right there in the middle um, as far as the spend is concerned. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see those final results and get a better sense of what all that means. Um, but I do think there sounds like there are some very good things going on there. I guess I wanted to go back to something you'd said earlier about the social media and comments and um, and that same sense of wariness. Do you have a process for how you handle uh, comments, positive or negative, but probably mostly negative is the ones that people are worried about. Yeah, so we were really fortunate going into this grant. We have a social media expert. She came from another uh, government organization um, and is well versed in who to respond to and how to respond to them. Um, we created a standard operating procedure, which included a flow chart of how to address the comments based on um, what what was being said, the tone that it was being said in. Um, those of you familiar with social media, you know you'll you'll have people sometimes that just are angry and want to want to say things. Um, they don't. There's really not anything that we can do to help them, um, and that's what 
I, I get a little wound up sometimes because I am passionate about child support. And when I see people saying less than positive things out on those platforms, I, I, I contact our social media specialist and I say, you know, what are we going to do? And she's like, can we help them? I'm like, well, I don't. And she'll ask again. She's like, can we help them? And I'm like, no, not really. And she's like, okay, well, then there's really nothing that we need to say to them. Um, so it goes back to that education piece of um, knowing who to respond to and how to respond to them um, and, the, and using the correct tone and, and time frames. Makes sense. Um, I was also kind of curious if, again, for if kind of imagining someone out there who's interested in maybe doing this but doesn't know quite what to do, like what are the most important things you think should be in place for a digital marketing strategy uh, for a child support program particularly? Well, I think one of the other things that, that we learned um, is to have buy-in from, from management and have backing as far as, um, I don't, I don't want to say a united front because it's, it's not necessarily a battle, um, but just kind of having the, the tools and the resources available to do it correctly the first time. Um, and, and we, through the grant, have definitely been provided that opportunity. I wonder... Um... Is there anything that you kind of see on the horizon and maybe based on things you've seen in the grant or other things you're hearing as far as uh, particularly new or interesting digital marketing pathways? Well, I don't want to give away too much about what we're doing during cycle three until it's complete and we can officially share our results. Um, but if you consider everything that's going on in the world um, with COVID, we were really fortunate that we didn't have to shift our project plan too much because everything was digital. Um, the team works all over the country, and so that wasn't affected. Um, but one of the things that we were already planning on doing was an informational webinar that we were unsure about how many people would be interested. We went um, in the direction of our family law partners just because we thought that was a good audience for the, the webinar platform. But the shift in the way um, the world is, we actually um, filled up our first session and are in the process of scheduling a second and potentially a third session because there was so much interest in what we were doing and the availability of that information online, live with a chat, questions, access to child support experts um, is definitely something that I see as the future of, um, of child support of human services. And when yeah. you say fill up a session, I don't, I mean, not to brag, but you're talking about 500 people a session, correct? That is correct. That is correct. So no pressure on that webinar at all. Right. <laughs> well, it's just a warm up. You know, and I think one of the things that we're learning and working with you on the webinar is that just the, in the, just the process of putting the materials together has been an internal, you've created relationships even internally just creating this webinar and created, you know, better understanding between the legal department and the communications department. And um, there was value even just in planning and executing the webinar, let alone the bridges that you're creating, you know, throughout the legal community on child support. Certainly. And I, I feel like the, the key to the grant for me is about educating the public uh, especially those that don't know anything about us or people that know things that may or may not be correct. Um, and so any way that we can, we can get good information out there about the services that we provide is a success. 
Mary Ellen, I love working with you. You're, you are passionate and you are willing to be challenged and we challenge each other. And, um, it's been so much fun. What, um, why do you, why do you work in child support? Sure. So it's, it's a dissertation and I'll give you the edited version. Um, but I was one of those people that decided very early growing up that I was going to be a teacher. That's what I was going to do. I was going to change the world one classroom at a time um, by, by educating the, the future of America. And um, I went to school and I became a teacher. And it was not everything that I thought that it was going to be. And I was really distraught. Um, I did lots of things in between, but stumbled into child support. You'll have to listen to my podcast for the whole story. <laughs> um, but, and I, but I feel like I am still able to, maybe even at a higher level, um, help children everywhere um, by making sure that their, at least their physical needs are met um, so that they can focus on their emotional needs and, and becoming good human beings. Well, so you weren't the teacher that you set out to be, but really you are teaching and you have carried on that kind of that passion to educate. And so I love that you can kind of combine your two, you know, your two passions. Mm -hmm. What, you know, if, if there are states out there that are kind of looking to maybe dabble in digital marketing that have kind of been on the sidelines for a bit, what would their first step, what would you tell them as a good first step? Well, I would make sure that they, I would tell them to make sure they have good resources, um, either learn to educate themselves internally or hire the right partners to walk them through that process um, and to, to ask other people that are doing it. I mean, we had some amazing resources when we, um, especially between cycle one and cycle two and, and getting into the social media part of it that was, that was so scary and, and still is um, that that they were willing to answer our questions, there were joined meetings, um, and they still are, are an email or a phone call away to be able to walk us through any situation that we, we end up in. So there's lots of resources out there. It's just making sure that you connect with the right ones before you get started, not after you get in trouble. Yeah, and not to put you on the spot, but you know, grants are um, a time limited. So at the end of this grant, are there things that Virginia wants to continue to do or expand on? Our hope is, um, and it's the, the grants team responsibility at the end of this um, is going to be to convince the management team and the, the, the people holding the purse strings that this is a good thing for Virginia. And we definitely have lots of data to back up the decisions that we are making. Um, and, and we'll definitely continue some version of a digital marketing plan for the state of Virginia. Mary Ellen, one of the, my favorite parts about this grant is that Virginia has been brave in taking government services and making them accessible and a little bit more um, friendly looking. So tell me about the Penguin logo. So as, as part of any good digital marketing um, project, we had to have some, some visuals to go along with our plan. And we chose a penguin um, because of the way that the, the penguin's parent, um, that both parties are, both the mother and the father, are part of the penguin's life, the penguin baby's life. Um, and so we continued that throughout all of our, um, our online uh, marketing.
Great. Well, I love the penguins. I'm a big fan. And I love that it's, you know, it's a little non-traditional for a government agency and it catches your eye. It's, you know, in the digital marketing world, it's called a thumb stopper. So, um, and I love the symbolism behind it and it kind of speaks volumes to uh, Virginia's take on treating parents, um, you know, as both important, you know, parts to the ch child's life. So any other thoughts or things that we didn't ask you that you think are important? Well, I, I think the only other thing I would add is that, you know, my message would be to anyone who is considering um, dipping their toe into this digital marketing world is to go for it. Be courageous, try something new. Um, you never know what might, might come out of it. Absolutely. I love that. Be brave. Yep. <laughs>